0: Hey, Rez, this is Pastor Daniel again with a Fireside Chat. Uh, we have been uh, talking over the course of the last, uh, I think, four Fireside Chats, really around this idea of Christian uh, friendship. We've looked at what it what it really means to be known and why that's such a desire for Christians and humans in general. Uh, we've looked at, at why Christian friendship is different, uh, and it has some, some different characteristics. Uh, we looked at why you need and your friends need, you know, a frequency of access to you, which oftentimes plays out in you really needing to go to the same church as your friends do or, or having someone, you know, work with them or uh, go to the gym. But they need some way to sort of see you pretty often. And when that doesn't happen, it's very difficult to have close, intimate friendships. And then we looked at this concept of how to actually risk, you know, how to, how to be vulnerable. So, so all of those are the past ones that are kind of leading into – uh, some subjects that we're going to be working on, that as we continue down this idea of relationships, and, and the reason we're talking about this again, this is how we build our church culture, is kind of talk through it and explain it, reflect on it, and look at what the Bible has to say about how we do church uh, with each other. Right? The ecclesia, the the the, the church, is uh, us together. It's the people of God worshiping God and doing church. So. There's a great thread on uh, Twitter that I read from a friend of mine, Pastor Chris Davis, that I wanted to read and kind of talk about uh, the assertion that's in here um, that, that he's making. And I, I think it'll be edifying for us. And so I'm going to read you this. Uh, he posted this, let's see, June uh, 20th of 2022. It says this, folks out here are acting like the worship service isn't part of the corporate life of the ecclesia." From early in New Testament times uh, and before Jesus, synagogue service was part of Jewish life. So, right after Jesus ascended, these Jewish Christians kept doing what they knew gather together to worship God. Of course, worship service has looked different across 2,000 years in geographic locations, but one thing has been consistent since the first century believers in Jesus regularly gather to be led in worship of our risen Savior via song, prayer, fellowship, teaching and communion. Beginning in Acts 1, we see this. Then, almost every other New Testament epistle is written to a local church who would regularly gather for worship and then read these letters. So this idea of quitting church or not attending worship services as a Christian is is foreign in the New Testament. This is not a defense for the faults of local churches. But if you follow this idea above because local churches stink, at why they exist, two wrongs don't make a right. Meaning that if we, because of the faults of the church, decide to give up worship service, decide to quit church, decide to stop attending, decide to distance ourselves from a local church, we're not helping the problem, even if it's in response to a church that has not done something well or has harmed us. Instead of quitting church, he says, or not attending altogether, What if we went to find the local church that's just trying to do what the Bible says? Worship service is not optional for Christians in the New Testament. So let's not disobey God in this way. So uh, here's what I wanted to talk about in this session. And that is, can a solo Christian make it on their own? Uh, Pastor Chris's assertion here is that it's not biblical. Uh, to give up church, uh, to stop meeting together, uh, to stop attending, to, to stop uh, desiring doing life together as we worship God and, and uh, through song, through fellowship, through the proclamation of the word. Um, I just want to read you some verses uh, in this session about what the Bible says about good counsel. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where there is no guidance, a people falls; but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety." Proverbs nineteen twenty says, "Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future." In fact, Proverbs is full of these, uh, and I think sometimes though we think about the idea of needing counsel and needing wisdom and needing others as something that we see a lot of in Proverbs and in the Old Testament. But then that changed in the New Testament because the Holy Spirit was sent. Uh, so, so there's some things that happen after Christ ascended. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 13 says this, even with uh, the Holy Spirit as believers that we now have the helper, uh, even with scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So if bad company ruins good morals, Uh, What does good company or good counsel do, right? It it affirms these things. Um, There is this natural call to who we allow into our lives that we see in Scripture. We do have Scripture, and and it does change things, right? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So, certainly— Every Christian and the Christian life and the Christian pursuit of Christ and our fellowship even is defined and articulated by Scripture as our compass. We also do have the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have have said to you. My assertion, though, that I where I think a lot of Christians go wrong is we read those verses. Uh, we know that we have the Holy Spirit yeah, indwelling in us. We know that we have scripture. And we think, I just need those two things. I just need the Bible. I just need the Holy Spirit. I don't need anyone else. But what I want to assert is the reason that it's not biblical to give up close community, to, to, to push away people at an arm's length, to not pull people in close and be vulnerable and accountable, to not be part of the body uh, bearing with one another, is that the way the Bible is used, the way that the Holy Spirit oftentimes speaks is through others. Uh, we see again and again the Bible use people. As the messengers of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's where the call is for pastors, elders, teachers, peers, everyone else in the church, is that through scripture and the work of the Holy Spirit, we would actually have this positive, uh, sanctifying effect on one another. Colossians 1 28 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So, how do you get taught? How do you get warned? Well, that's other people, right? That's exactly what Colossians is saying. Well, how about First Thessalonians 5.11? Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. Well, what's the call for encouragement in First Thessalonians unless we need others to encourage us in the spirit and through scripture? So there's this, again, this call to this community that the community is critical to actually do the things that the Bible says we're supposed to do. James 1.19 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. How do you do that by yourself? How do you do that as a solo Christian? If we're going to work on this idea of being better listeners and being slower to speak and comment, we need to be around other people. In fact, we could, we could maybe even make the assertion that we we might need to be around other people that we don't even particularly mesh with, <laughs> uh, you know, we we know that our brother brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, maybe we theologically get along, or we have some some commonality in terms of the church, but you know, maybe our personalities aren't aren't great. But that is actually how we grow in our listening and and, and patience and speaking. Uh, Ephesians four fifteen says, rather, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So this is about the body of Christ. Speaking the truth in love means that other believers, you and I, are going to be called at times to correct. We're going to need to speak the truth in love in order to correct something that we see. That's relational in nature. So I just want you to think about what we just heard the Bible say about the Christian life. There's teaching and warning, that's relational in nature. Other people need to do that. Encouragement from others, other people need to do that. Learning how to be a better listener and more patient when we speak, we need other people in order to do that. Being corrected by others, we need other people to do that. So this idea that somehow a, a solo Christian, a, a Christian without a church, a Christian without close Christian community is going to thrive is crazy. So it's not just like Pastor Chris was saying in his, uh, series of tweets that it's unbiblical. It is, uh, and that there's no precedent for it in the new Testament. There's not. It's also that if we really start to dig into the scripture of what we're being called to do and how we're being called to grow in Christ, it's relational with other messy humans over and over and over again. And so, uh, I just, I want to encourage you if you're in a, um, If you're in a state right now where maybe you're frustrated with the church or with people in the church, I want to encourage you, uh, by design, uh, we are being sanctified or being matured by dealing with one another in Christ And I want to reiterate the importance of close Christian relationships in your life. People that are, I mean, you're bringing them in to see what's going on. And if you want more definition around what a close Christian relationship looks like, we got probably three or four of the previous fireside chats that really kind of parse this out of what it looks like to to be known, to let people in and why that's really critical. So I appreciate you guys. I hope those scriptures were edifying. I hope you can kind of change you on this for a little while uh, and kind of think about why other Christian believers are just so necessary for us to continue to mature in our pursuit of Jesus Christ. Love you guys.